Hello, welcome to season two, episode three of To The Studio. This week, we've got Lawrence Owen on the podcast. Lawrence was born in Gloucester and now lives and works in London. He completed a postgraduate diploma in fine art at the Royal Academy Schools in London back in 2015 and holds a BA in fine art from Falmouth College of Art in Cornwall. Recent solo exhibitions include those at Gallery PCP in Paris and Evelyn Yard in London. And group exhibitions include Mushrooms, the art design and future of fungi at Somerset House in London. The Drawing Biennial in the Drawing Room also in London. Something Else at Triumph Gallery in Moscow. Absent Bodies at OSL Contemporary in Oslo. And the John Moores Painting Prize in the Walker Art Gallery in Liverpool. I caught up with Lawrence a week or so after the opening of his exhibition Garund, where he showed a completely new body of work that was split across both the Zabludovics collection and Lightly One galleries, um, both in London. I've been a follower of Lawrence's work for quite some time, so it's really great to have the opportunity to learn more about the ideas that feed his practice and all of the processes that the work goes through. We had a great chat exploring what he learned from having parents who are artists, his interests in folklore and deity, the impact Agnes Martin has had on his practice, all the way to how he goes about titling his work and his worries about delivery drivers. So here it is. Thanks for tuning in. Good evening, Lawrence. Good evening, Dave. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. I'm very well. Good. Um, how's your day been? What have you been up to? I have been recovering from the man flu, um, but I actually did. Today was the first day I got up and outside and went. Um, I went and saw um, my friend Gabriel uh, Hartley's show at Seventeen Gallery, and that was very good. Mm. So it was, yeah, it was a nice little yeah day out. Um, yeah, yeah, it was great. What about yourself? I, <laughs> I've been um, it's big. So I I teach um a few days a week at the moment, and it was big assessment handing day. Um, oh. yeah, I teach in a college in Kent, so um, yeah, nice to be back in. Wow. Yeah, nice to be back in London. Do you have to mark papers? No, actually, not yet. Yeah. Um, the assessments next week. Everyone would fail. <laughs> Eliminate the competition. <laughs> No, it's, it's actually great. It's actually great. It's something that I've always I've always wanted to do, actually. Yeah. Teach. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get a lot from it. Yeah. Um, hopefully they do, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get a lot of your ideas off you <laughs> and put them in my own work. Thank you. <laughs> no, it is great. It is great. Yeah. Um, and the students I've got this year, I feel I'm quite lucky with that. So. That's great. That's, I mean, I'd love to teach, actually. I think it's one of those... One of those things um, that I think is quite important, especially for younger <clears throat> like practising artists to, to do, because I think it can get a bit kind of musty and stale in yeah, definitely. institutions, especially yeah. where it's like you're kind of rehashing um, the old formula, even though I know yeah. every, everyone's kind of very clued up if you're in a certain uh, po- point in education. But mm. yeah, I do. I, th- I think it's important to keep kind of the the white blood cells moving through <laughs> yeah, for sure for sure and like on a personal level it keeps me 
but it enables me to keep engaged and it forces me to keep engaged um, because there's obviously you know there's like Mm. 20 odd students and each of them have a very separate Mm. practice and very individual practice and you've kind of got to kind of spread yourself evenly Mm. and make sure that you kind of give all your students you know Kind of a good practice as well in in sort of I guess I imagine I don't know but to to sort of eliminate your um yourself in a way in it yeah and to sort totally. of um kind of be quite uh, open to to a lot of st- stuff that even if you don't like it you have yeah. to be quite constructive with and it teaches you and all that yeah stuff. exactly exactly yeah. and and you know with, with your own practice it might not necessarily lead you down those down those avenues and you can get yeah. quite you can get quite stuck sometimes. Yeah. Very conservative and the research and stuff. So it's it's mm. a nice, yeah, it's a nice way to be kind of forced out of that. Yeah. And um, yeah, and tested. <coughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's good. It's yeah. good. Um, what's on the subject of yeah. colleges and education? Yeah. Where did yeah? How did it all start for you? The art side of things. Where did you grow up? And- art side of things. Um, well, I uh, grew up in Stroud. In. Uh, Stroud <laughs> in Gloucester Shire and um, and um, my mum and dad are both uh, painters <clears throat> and so uh, me and my sister had quite a uh, quite a, a kind of um, I suppose we were quite seasoned in the way of like knowing when um, yeah it, it, it's just you the income sort of side of it against the kind of creative side mm. of stuff knowing how to like do the thing that you really want to do but also know that uh, it will be quite uh, risky <laughs> yeah. so it's that that but that was fine so it became quite um, normal in a way to kind of have that um, uh, to expect that kind of thing and then uh, and then I, so I sort of just got into art I mean I wasn't like this like rebellious person where you know a lot a lot of people get into art because they're kind of uh kicking against something mm-hmm. um and it's like a, like the ultimate form of expression in some way mm. but it was sort of i suppose like it was quite deep rooted in me from the start i guess mm. so uh <laughs> sorry <coughs> but basically um went to uh Stroud Art College and then Falmouth College of Art and then um, the Royal Academy seven years after yeah. I graduated from from Falmouth so it was uh, uh, seven years in London just to, like what jobs doing lots of jobs lots of odd jobs <laughs> working on the side yeah uh, painting on the side yeah were you were you painting a lot were you painting when you were at Falmouth yeah, I did painting at Falmouth. I've, I've always done um, painting. I still sort of consider myself to be a kind of painter now, I suppose. It's just, um, it's ventured out more into a kind of, um, into a kind of sculptural sphere. Like, yeah. But um, but yeah, painting was, was always, like, it's the core of everything I do, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in those seven years out between... Yeah, between Falmouth and Royal Academy, you said you'd do doing jobs and stuff, and you said you were painting. Did the how did the work shift, and then what kind of inspired the decision to have a pop at the Royal Academy? Um, <clears throat> I actually had a lot of friends who went to the Royal College, and I think you do that kind of proverbial thing of just like 
carpet bombing <laughs> when applying <laughs> yeah. everywhere and so I sort of uh, applied apl- applied to every kind of art college in London and but I didn't get into any except for the the Royal Academy but it turned out that the Royal Academy was sort of um, I just felt like it just suited me more when I kind of uh, kind of met the tutors and looked around it and all that stuff but the what happened I think is that I just didn't really want to I didn't feel that I wanted to do um, an MA postgrad uh, course until I realized that I kind of it wasn't enough to just something was missing and I needed to learn more mm. um, and and the Royal Academy did actually do that yeah it sort mm. of it sort of uh, more often than not, puts puts you on the kind of path, you know, that you sort of perhaps were looking for beforehand. Yeah. That's why I think spending time away between the BR and the BA and the kind of MA postgrad is probably quite quite a good thing because you 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 really want it then, you know, rather than just sort of flowing into it, mm. which which is also good too. But yeah, I was I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> and what was those? Because it's it's a three it's a three year postgrad, right? right yes. Um, yeah. What was your what was your experience of it all? Um, did did the work did the work shift and did you know? Uh, it's I, quite a small course too, isn't it? It's very quite, small course. Um, yeah, it was it was great. You meet some some good people. It's a, it's it's very abnormal, and it's like you are you are sort of thrown together in a in a way. I think it's seventeen people. Per year, I can't remember. Maybe it's thirteen, thirteen or seventeen, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was it was great. It was it was really it was. I mean, it was a learning experience. Even if you're not learning from what they're directly teaching you, it's it's like it helps you sharpen your kind of filter in a way of what you mm-hmm. kind of let in and what you and what you kind of um, don't. Yeah. And and I think uh, it's really important. And obviously, it's it's it's, it's an incredible platform, but. Um, it's 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 also super abnormal and strange, and I think that when you graduate from it, you are kind of institutionalised. I mean, it sounds like a sort of uh, first world problem, <laughs> but you, you you do end up. Um, we were saying earlier, you know, it's yeah. like you you kind of end up, I think, making work where you're you're often kind of looking over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. So I think to go to college where. Uh, to any college where it's like quite kind of rich on on kind of um, tutorials, teaching, um, theory, all that stuff. Uh, I think it's really really good. I think it's really helpful. But to actually practice, it's because it's sort of half theory, half practice. Where where I went, it, you end up being kind of, uh, I suppose, quite heady in a way. Mm. Um, and when you leave, uh, you you sort of leave thinking. Is this right? What I'm what I'm doing? <laughs> I don't know. Mm, yeah. Um, so that, that but, but but yeah, but you know, I mean, I think probably that's everywhere. Yeah. You know, when you get really really into it. Um, like we were saying before, weren't we? It's like that, there's always that there's always that kind of. I remember kind of starting, and there's there's this internal monologue that's like, oh, it feels really kind of abnormal to be kind of working like um, with all of these other voices in your head mm. which inevitably happens when you're in an environment with your peers and tutors and visiting to and so there's 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 
it's like a whirlpool of uh, notions and theories and ideas mm. like all around your head, and and it's all kind of being kind of bottlenecked, and uh, it can be it can be quite. Mm. I mean, it was for me, not for everyone, but quite kind of uh, confusing. And then when that stops, it's like you've forgotten sometimes your uh, your voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then a lot other other people like find their voice, you know, and it, and it's sort of it's amplified. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 a funny experience, isn't it? Because <clears throat> um, with however long it is, whether it's one or or two or three years, sometimes that might happen at a good point in yeah. in where you're at in your life, and sometimes it might not. But mm. some and but I think in one way or another, despite people's experiences, maybe whilst whilst they're there, whether they be good or bad, they from the people that I. That I've, that I've spoken to and talking from my kind of own experiences mm. um, that in the end they still come good because even though your experience may have been bad perversely of course yeah they're beneficial in one way or another because you had to battle through whatever it was that maybe wasn't so great mm. Um, mm. so you know the powers that be it. saw something in you you know through yeah. the, through that, that, that you know yeah. you got accepted yeah, uh, for exactly. a reason, even if they or you didn't know what that was at the time. Yeah, thing. and maybe at the time of, of, of leaving these courses, no matter what, what level it is, maybe you don't really understand what how it's benefited you until you are out mm. quite, quite mm. a few years and, and, and you kind of look back on your time and see how your thinking may have changed that you may have overlooked or, mm. or whatever it might be. And Totally. I mean, yeah. I think I think there's, there's, there's definitely like kind of a, a very kind of colloquial sort of... Uh, uh, experience of it that's very kind of um it's kind of under the magnifying glass in a way and when you and when you leave you kind of take a step back and actually it's always going to be yeah like you say positive i think because <clears throat> yeah my, my experience of it was ultimately a very positive thing i yeah. I, I really um look back on it with great fondness um because it's sort of well it it just turned me on to a lot of stuff that I yeah. don't wouldn't wouldn't know otherwise, you know. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I I think what what makes me realise that the most is when I think about the person I was before I went there. Mm. <laughs> um, and you and I can't and it's bloody reprobate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, and when you think about you know where you were at, yeah, before yeah before Jail. going through all these hours, then yeah, it's um it's it's actually yeah. yes, it's quite. It's quite uplifting, really. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, it is. It is totally. And because I remember, what? Well, just talk about your degree show then, maybe at, mm. at the Royal Academy. I I remember it. I remember it quite vividly, actually. There was painting was still at the fore, um, but there was mm. some like sculptural elements that are just coming in. <laughs> and um, can you remember like what was informing like the work back then? Um, I had this. Uh, if I can remember. Uh, like uh, the, I was interested in the idea of um, objects becoming kind of animated in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got really interested in this idea of like deity and folkloric, uh, almost like a religious sort of iconography and um, the power of objects and what we kind of pr- project onto it in order to kind of give them life and, f- and uh, them being the kind of symbols of or totems of a kind of belief system that is um, that they're they're basically like tangible, so therefore they become worshipped, and it's this thing where really it's like we constantly want to make kind of physical the thing that we can never like access. I remember um, 
at the time reading um, like Moby Dick and like Melville was just talking about like the whale it's like you never see the whale you know he comes up close you, you see hieroglyphs on his side but you don't really know what they what they mean mm. you, and and he was always sort of talking about um, you know the whale is effectively like the whale is God kind of thing but it's also like all of hu humanity's projections onto this thing yeah. and I thought like well <clears throat> in a way art has the kind of Art has the kind of power that it holds the capabilities to sort of do do that as well, and I, I sort of, um, very uh, kind of naively, I suppose, sort of, um, use sort of like keys and hooks to try and hook you into this idea that um, uh, it's this it's kind of an empty relic. It's sort of it's sort of a mirror back on the viewer, if you like, if you like. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of constantly wanting to kind of find something in it that is actually. Um, where there's sort of some, there's like nothing there or something, except for the thing that it is, like just the kind of matter and the material and the, mm -hmm. um, and um, so yeah, so that was the that was the I think if I remember that was the RA yeah. uh, thing, but it was it was painting and ceramic and that was the first sort of step where suddenly painting wasn't doing it for me solely anymore and I needed to kind of break out of uh, the framework, if you like, and sort yeah. of, uh, in a way, sort of somehow have this like painterly notion still um, that things like earth pigment, uh, paint, you know, um, clay, earth, so everything being mm -hmm. of the sort of same, coming from the same yeah. place, everything from the same origin. Um, so I still considered the ceramics like really painterly, but uh, I wanted them to kind of come out into your sort of volumetric realm, really. Yeah. Yeah. And so it navigates your body and interacts with you in, a, or you interact with it in a, in a kind of different way. Mm. Um, but I was just playing, David. Yeah. Just playing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so now, so now, like coming up to speed with kind of where you're at now, the work's become a kind of a hybrid of 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 those two <clears> things. <throat> um, yeah, mm. kind of how. I guess it's been quite quite a while since you graduated the RA, so I'm, I'm sure mm. various things have happened since in, in that time to kind of inform mm. like one or another. But um, how did that kind of shift kind of come around, and when when kind of came the decision to think about kind of assimilating these two elements together? I remember thinking about uh, I never I was ne I'm never sitting down and thinking about like oh how can I like there was never this like eureka moment where I thought oh. I'm going to just do this and this and um, I do I do remember thinking it was never these there were never like these sort of um, the aesthetic decision never kind of like forefronted uh, the work that I make now in a way uh, at any point it was more that I remember in 2015 there was the um, Tate retrospective of uh, Agnes Martin's uh, work mm. and I remember going to see her square grid series and I think it just like blew my mind and I don't make work like hers mm. at all but uh, there was something in it that was just like all of humanity is in that in a way um, and it sort of just I was like looking at it as like I'm, I'm looking at kind of um, a reflection of ourselves mm. um, in the system of a grid and even though you had like sort of Paul Clay sort of, dab you know, dabbles with it. Um, obviously Mondrian, and they're, they're kind of pushing conceptual boundaries through the grid. 
and although like Agnes Martin was also doing that, so culturally it was like mm. it was really progressive. It it um, she actually needed to do it. I read to calm her schizophrenia. Yeah, yeah. So, she was yeah. quoted as saying that she painted with her back to the world. Yeah, and that yeah, it was yeah, it was a kind of a cure in, in one way mm. or another. Yeah, it just it just made me think. I was looking at her work. It's like I was looking at a kind of a microprocessor or something, or I was looking at a kind of aerial view of New York, or I was, and so suddenly it became like um, this sort of, it was a kind of a portrait of, of some sort of systematic condition that we all recognise and we're, mm. we're both kind of objective witnesses of and we're also participants in it. Mm. It kind of carries our own bodies from A to B through like the tube system or mm. the, you know, or New York or wherever you want, or, or it... Um, or you hold it in the palm of your hand and like um, deliver information via it, and I thought this is um, and you know and this is bef- before sort of uh, computers when she was making this stuff anyway, and so it made me think, well, is it something that as uh, as a collective organism that we all um, we sort of it's so deeply ingrained in our psyche that it's part of. The conditioning is so deep that we feel it's natural, or is it that it's it is just natural because because we because anything else would blow our minds and the um, and that's that's just like the linear modes of is how we kind of organise mass mm-hmm. and um, and then but weirdly the zeitgeist is that the same year in 2015 then I read an article by um, Andrew Smith I remember and he was talking about um, how we're now sort of slowly learning to channel. Um, mycelium and algae and bacteria uh, into smartphones as microprocessors mm. and all this stuff. So, so suddenly the kind of like the kind of in a way in, in a sense like the dogmatic sort of framework that we use that sort of um, a kind of assimilation of uh, nature. Uh, nature we're suddenly realizing is one big computer and far more powerful. Yeah. And um, and and I was really I, I was really sort of turned on by this kind of segue into it's almost like the, the fourth wall broken between like um, science working out itself mm. as what it's doing and, and kind of understanding its own metaphors and then sort of trying to solve that to, to suddenly breaking out into the kind of out of its own echo chamber and into kind of ecology and biology was into suddenly the earth and um, and so uh, I was really interested in these systems and systems being ultimately like invisible Mm -hmm. but you peel something back you kind of look look around the interface and all of the work is happening there and in a way I kind of thought about it I thought it's you know like well art art is that basically and if art is that we've always done that we've we've done it before we discovered that we could you know channel nature into kind of you know engineering it into how we want to use it and all that stuff but um, but art's always done it it's like that thing where you can kind of look over you can look at an object for hours on end and it's it's obviously like it's like fifty percent or something of the total piece, if you like. Mm. Uh, that you've got the kind of the physical and then the metaphysical, and it's mm. like so. It's like the way things work are always like it's like the invisible is 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 in plain view often. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just sort of have to kind of see it mm. uh, or kind of know to look for it or something, and that is was quite interesting because. In a way, if you kind of learned that, if you're sort of taught that in school or something like that, um, you'd probably 
teach you empathy and all this stuff where you just don't just sort of judge at face value or something. Um, anyway, yes, waffle there. <laughs> um, so are all these are all these ideas and and like thrown around in your head when like I guess what I'm getting at is like where you find or where do you find then through that through all of this yeah, kind of discoveries like stuff. the forms the forms that are, you arrive at and so in a way it's like. It's all about, so the work that I'm doing now is kind of all about, um, it's not really about anything really, but it's about, if it has to be about something, yeah. it's kind of, it has um, ideas of the of the kind of, the behind the interface or like um, the construction or okay. the thing that, that that isn't there suddenly becomes kind of visible. And uh so they're kind of broken networks or or kind of grid systems or mm. and um and um i i mean like so going back to this idea where suddenly science, science sort of like sort of tipped over into kind of the organic um i like this idea of like suddenly this uh, there's a sort of fluidity there yeah and that's like uh, about listening or something or kind of understanding something mm. and um, so a lot of the work that I do is in a way about kind of um, fluidity. It's about like, I suppose, extrapolating things from architecture, craft, um, w and using those materials as well, like through ceramic and, yeah. and concrete and lots of stuff like that. And then suddenly like uh, using it in the kind of domain of art where it can kind of be self-referential, but also uh, sort of reach outside of itself as well mm. and into these sort of other territories mm. um, so I sort of start to ex sort of extrapolate little visual elements from um, yeah architecture and sort of weird bolts yeah. and like um, bum holes and <laughs> that it's like the anat it's like everything's sort of um, connected in some sort of system yeah. basically yeah so it's those kind of discoveries that allowed you to kind of would you say cast your net kind of wider totally and look, yeah, yeah yeah and look at yeah. it's a horrible um it's a horrible term that kind of like the artistic license thing but in a sense you're kind of you're opening it's like a it's a broad sort of area to be able to to reach in and pull out quite quite a lot of stuff from mm. it um because my one of my favourite pastimes is like walking around like lots of different environments, I suppose, mm. and just absorbing because effectively it's like, I mean, everyone, everyone, if you're lucky enough to kind of be uh, uh, kind of in the creative world, mm. you're f I rec effectively you're always responding in to like in some level or another. Mm. And I think it's like that's that walking does that for me. It's like you're kind of just going, you're walking through time and space and you're just constantly like, responding visually mm. to stuff yeah and it's like it kind of switches on the kind of neurons and you're like oh that's why do i why do i like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um well it kind of feeds in a little bit because i wanted to ask you about like the process and how you use how you use your studio and um how these works kind of begin to get constructed especially in we'll get to talk about your most recent show but um, yeah, there's kind of sculpt, as I said before, sculptural and painting elements, mm. and that kind of fluidity that you might find when you're when you're just painting, maybe or has it become kind of interrupted with these sculptural elements being kind of 
in 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 kind of in, enforce a little bit or kind of lay it beside and you're kind of maneuvering around around it all at these i guess how does a work yeah. come into being is, is the question i i guess it's um i was um thinking a lot because it all goes back to what um we were just chatting about a minute ago where uh it, it comes in a way down to kind of frame frameworks mm. and um there's um there's this british philosopher called hillary lawson and he he's um he sort of has written a book about closures and it talks about kind of, uh, I suppose, holding the world and effectively like we, <laughs> the world is, is like open and, and uh, we have a framework that kind of effectively intervenes with the openness mm -hmm. of the world. Um, and they're all tools, like the metaphors we use, all this stuff are like, they're, they're tools, they're very useful tools and we've kind of evolved to um, understand it very well but it's it doesn't still deal with the kind of openness of the world if you like mm. um, and I think in a way I sort of I was sort of thinking about that in terms of painting in the sense that I like I like paint I like painting to be kind of in intervened with or interfered with mm. um, like as a framework in itself because it's I think if like kind of there are social and, and linguistic kind of constructs that we use Art, I think, um, can be like an alternative to those things. It can hold up a kind of a different. It can ha it can hold different properties in a way. Mm -hmm. It can kind of respond to it and criticize it. Also, be a part of it. Mm. And I think that's what uh, that's that's what I've wanted to do in 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 the. But it's still a framework. And I think that's what I wanted to do with the. I, I wanted to sort of still make painting very much like the thing. I love painting, but I wanted it to somehow be fractured in some way mm -hmm. to let something else into itself whilst yeah. also responding to it so they become their own sort of autonomies or something yeah um um yeah yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> um so in terms of then the materials that are used does that kind of feed into that because it's like ceramics there's jesmonite oil paint sand card yeah this goes on um are, are you quite then intuitive with like do you have these materials around and you quite intuitively kind of put things here and there and is there a kind of a play with that kind of stuff or is it is it a bit more stringently planned no it's very playful definitely yeah i think it's just i think it's just um i think in a way it's like when i make i never ever like have a preordained um like this has to be this and because because the way i'm talking now is like very silly and serious mm. uh, in a way about like <laughs> about um, stuff that i'm only just thinking up on the spot yeah. david <laughs> but um but but you know like when you know when you're in the studio i think i mean i'd argue i'm, I'm probably totally wrong but i would argue that a lot of the majority of our people that make stuff mm. uh kind of retroactively apply knowledge to it yeah. or something mm. because when you're in the moment I think you're just you're you're sort of doing and you're like you're kind of being aren't you you're just being yeah I mean you can't be yeah you can't be too logically thinking yeah yeah I mean a lot I mean I'm, I'm sure you obviously like if you're if you're like I don't know PhD student that's just graduated from Goldsmiths and you're doing a fucking <laughs> concrete slab on a floor and that's that 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 you know involves some sort of you're probably like very much kind of calculated yeah. thinking all the way through it mm. but i don't know i'm not i just yeah i don't have the wherewithal to 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 have 
um, the brain switched on all the mm. time. If, you know, if you, yeah. you sort of have to like switch, turn your, hand yourself over to the kind of ebb and flow, don't you? And yeah, yeah. And so, in a way, you'd, like you, you're 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 a doer and then a thinker rather than the other way around. Yeah, um, definitely. And it sounds like you need to have something in front of you to know how to well to realize what what's what the fuck's going on mm. yeah totally i mean you, there's always there's always stuff that interests me that isn't like oh that's the thing i mean yeah. the, a hell of a lot of stuff interests me that isn't isn't like like the domain that i sort of operate yeah, in. right and i guess that openness during the works kind of during the process of the work being made that that openness will allow those things in mm. In, mm. in in one way or another, whether they're not kind of as, as aesthetically there for you, they mm. you know, they are existing within it in one way or another, possibly. Well, I mean, I'm sure it it works really well for a lot of painters, uh, especially, uh, but it just didn't work for me to be like uh, so so inside the um, the echo chamber of painting mm. in a way, because yeah. in the end, you, you sort of become a bit like you're kind of always riding on the coattails of something. Um, for me, I found because I, I know a hell of a lot of painters that are just so groundbreakingly like mm. innovative and pure and all that stuff. But I just I I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't sort of get there. So I needed to kind of I needed to actually push out out of the perimeters of uh, painting very like literally and, <clears throat> and physically yeah. to kind of recalibrate what it was painting kind of was doing for me. Yeah, and and I guess when you cast your net so wide, it's. It can be tough just to be reliant upon just just one medium yeah, to bring about definitely. or to make sense of all those different different interwoven kind of interests Very that true. you have. Very true. Um, Very true. Because the works, um, well, the works in in the most recent show kind of they do feel kind of humanly crafted, and you can see traces of of hands and and feet and of you and yeah and and, and all of that stuff. Whereas, which is kind of a it's very far from say like a clinical kind of output of like a digital process which they could have easily mm. easily have, have been mm. Um, mm. and kind of how it, it sounds like then that that kind of human that human element to making seems mm. to be quite seems to be quite important yeah I also think that it's it's, <clears throat> it's really it's really important to kind because of, uh, I, I, I actually think that there was I was reading something about um going back to what we talk about about that mycelium thing and the certain scientists there's um i think it's actually uh uh rupert Sh have you heard of rupert shell drake he's this um no i haven't he, he loves um he loves like things being conscious so all the nature in the universe mm. everything's conscious so stuff. oh i have heard i have heard i read, I read about yeah anyway his son yeah. is is a he he's he's a uh, ecologist um, a plant scientist but he 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 says something quite interesting um something I was reading recently where um, he was saying you can't sort of like project your use values and kind of um, economy of language onto and like ideas of, of commerce onto the onto the kind of organic world mm -hmm. if they're at that stage of understanding how to kind of engineer it because that's the mistake that's been made before in a way I think it's the same thing as art it's like I think I think it, it's sort of it, again it's it's doing quite a lot of stuff simultaneously but I actually really do think that it it has to be because I think grammar grammar kind of militates against animacy and I think that our kind of metaphors by 
habit and reflux subordinate and anthropomorphize the kind of more than human world in a way and art kind of fits into that a lot of the time I was very general to to say but I I think that that um, a lot of the time it's very important not to kind of project um, meaning because I think indeterminacy is such a kind of um, sort of crucial point of our time where people get so an- neurotic and anxious about not knowing yeah and um, and so to just sit with something mm. and to, and even to just not know what it is mm. is I think hugely important I think yeah. it's, it's like we need to perhaps sort of somehow um, realign our idea of what like th- the power of stuff yeah. <laughs> things yeah, yeah, yeah meditate yeah. on it or something <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Smoke a massive doobie. <laughs> well, I, I think, especially just as as we are kind of, kind of currently with like within the context that we're all in, there's there's such a a need for information all of the time, and for all this information to be kind of digested, well, kind of crushed down into these kind of digestible sound bites, and mm. there's such a and there seems to be such a, a a need and a thirst for that. Mm. Um, that yeah maybe we've forgotten the power in that can be found in maybe the unknowing of, mm. of something and mm. um and that, that actually that can be just as um just as useful um mm. like a sensation or a feeling mm. or an experience as mm. as knowing something it's like when you go in if like I, I mean i haven't been but if you go if you see if you like see primitive art or if you go see the like lascaux caves or whatever mm. or it's like when you when you um, um when you look at that stuff, if you photographs, it's like that's sort of just an innate need to mm. kind of um, do something with your body and your mind and kind of um, to create. And that's like 30, 38, 40,000 years before like art criticism. <laughs> and suddenly like that comes along and then it, and then, and, and then suddenly every, like even artists, it's like become so subsumed into the culture where it's like, what's it about? What's about? Yeah. You've got to you've got to like sing for your supper so yeah. much, like commerce and all that stuff tie into yeah. it as well. Yeah. And so you're effectively always constantly like having to kind of justify yourself in a way. Yeah, definitely. And you aren't allowed to kind of remain vulnerable, which yeah. I would argue is where a lot of kind of power lies. A power mm. lies in mm. kind of your vulnerability, because mm. when you're when you do feel vulnerable, you're in a you're in a position of kind of discovery maybe mm. where you where you don't mm. really know where you're going, but you're on, you. You know, you're on the cusp of an immeasurable complexity mm. of, of stuff. And mm. Yeah, it's really, really hard. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're. It's like it's it's like the champ attitude of like mastering the kind of thing that is like it's not. There's you can't. We're just always making it up as we go along. <laughs> so it's this thing of like. I mean, it, it, this is going to sound like uber pretentious, but I do think I remember reading um, the nausea book by Sartre when I was younger, and yeah. I remember that sort of really again. You have all of these little things. There wasn't one, there wasn't one episode that turned me onto art and went, mm. "Oh right, like, like, I want to be an art." It was like, like an accumulation for me of a lot yeah. of different things, and mm. and reading that book was sort of one of them. I remember because because he was sort of um, the protagonist is like going through a town called Mudtown and he's he's got his like he's traveling in a tram through time and space I remember and he's like holding on to um a chair of the, of the tram mm. and then suddenly very suddenly like 
even the kind of the definition of the word chair kind of comes away from its moorings mm-hmm. everything becomes like loose and f- and sort of everything floats and there's no um, sense to anything mm-hmm. as he's kind of hurtling and this kind of weird object that's taking him yeah. through time and space that's all been and, and the space has been constructed around him and mm-hmm. so in the end he just like ends up and it, as the book goes on it's like he you, he ends up just like looking at this viscous goo you know Sartre was obsessed mm-hmm. with like viscous goo mm-hmm. it, like in the kind of body of a tree and and he looks at it and he's like you know there I am like that's basically like the whole of existence is in that goo <laughs> yeah and 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 that's that's the sort of stuff that we've kind of built ourselves away from and you're kind of when you're reading you're basically reading from a kind of very western very cultured position that this man's going mad but like you could also argue from the other position that he's he's tot- he's he's found sanity you know <laughs> um so it's like um that stuff always interests me it's like uh, perceptions and how we view the world how we view art how art views the world but i do f- view i view art as a tool that at least sort of is a domain that kind of relinquishes us slightly mm-hmm. from um from kind of the other madness perhaps or the yeah. other noise slightly or it, it can it has the the properties too mm. yeah. mm. the great opportunity then to talk about your show <laughs> your shows maybe oh good promo time <laughs> um so your show Gurund, have I said that right? Yeah. Gurund. Um, it's currently split across um, Lychee One and Zabludovich Collection. It's, yeah. Um, could you introduce us a little bit um, to the show and how you approached like the work for each space? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is, well, I suppose it's, it's, it's about 13 months worth of work. Mm. Um, that is that the longest you've spent working towards a show? Or yeah, is... but I didn't know that they, these were actually happening until the last week. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then I did, and I did. So it's thirteen months or one piece, yeah. and then I made the other eight pieces <laughs> in a week. Um, <laughs> it was. Um, it what happened? It was. Um, yeah, it was just. It was just making work in the studio yeah. and. Um, uh, without any uh, kind of cause, it wasn't for anything. It was like you know, which was actually, it's great. I'm I'm sort of one of those people that need both really. I, I do need a deadline, but I also mm. need um, not to, to have one. not to have one. <laughs> if that's all right, please. Thank you. Any future galleries listening? <laughs> no. Um, but yeah. So uh, and then. Um, it, yeah, I was just I interesting in all this, interested in all the stuff we've just chatted yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. That that all just filters it filters into that kind of body of work, I mm-hmm. suppose. And yeah, um, um, yeah, I, a lot of it sort of deals with this in a way. Like I was saying, how kind of that Agnes Martin is. It was all about the kind of micro and macro yeah. position where you're constantly flipping between these things. I kind of wanted to create something where it allowed the viewer ultimately to be in this kind of um a sense of like a different space that's 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 working simultaneously at doing um at flipping mm-hmm. um sort of some kind of yeah i kind of like i like the idea of it kind of being looking looking um 
up from un- underneath and, yeah. lo- and looking down from, from above mm-hmm. somehow at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Mm. Um, so because the the title of the show, Garun's, mm. um, I don't mean to put it on the spot with this, mm-hmm. but um, can you talk a bit about yeah why why the show was called that? Um, it's um it, it interested me because it was a th- it's a word in language that um I was trying to find something in in kind of um literary vocabulary that basically uh did something that I wanted that 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 the the kind of the show was doing when I was making the work mm. <clears throat> it's hard to find initially I was just going to have like a symbol like a prince had you know when he was the artist formerly known as prince <laughs> Just a symbol, <laughs> that guitar. But then I sort of, um, yeah. But that that was good in in kind of linguistic terms because it was about because it's um, it's when uh, it's when you take a word like swimming mm-hmm. uh, and you ta- or swim yeah. or garden and you ta- yeah. and you tack an ing on the end and so it becomes this kind of it becomes activated mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Um, so I liked uh, I liked that because that's sort of the nature of, of how the work came about in a way. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a lot of the work is just sort of taking from outside, mm. um, um, and and sort of meshing it together mm. to form sort of this other thing that's equally as real. Yeah. But it's um it's kind of it's different or something or it's 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 sort of not placeable in, in something um, like other there's something other yeah but but it still has this thread between something very yeah. recognizable or something yeah so it's kind of tan it, but it just slips away from recognition yeah um but that's yeah that's, yeah yeah um and kind of carrying on with, with the with the title chat mm. um titles titles for works there's kind of sometimes kind of onomatopoeic sometimes they kind of signal like invisible forces mm. um like reflecting kind of on matter that's out of our kind of vision but it's also like definitely very real and definitely very there but you know things we can't see mm. um kind of yeah kind of in essentially it kind of promotes that interconnectivity that you've been kind of talking about it's like the sensate or something in a way it's like a, a lot of the work that i wanted um the, the, a lot of the titles that i wanted because titles i think can do this it can just tip the work over into this other other realm yeah, in a way yeah and um and and if they're if they're quite sort of um if there's a kind of succession of titles that's doing the thing it can kind of build up to like the whole body yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and an understanding of it mm. so a lot of it is sort of kind of about i suppose a lot of it's like quite quite sensory it's sort of um it's kind of nudge, or it's 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 this it's this it's this kind of experiential like a, um, a folk, definition. A exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's this. It's things that I kind of often like try and think. If I was to sort of draw or paint like the sound of a radiator, or like the definition of a radiator, <laughs> like as as a sort of thing, yeah. and I don't mean just visually. So it mm. has to incorporate kind of all of it. Mm. And that's why I think onomatopoeic words are incredible because they're sort of doing this thing that's just perfect. Mm. <laughs> you're like, ah, because that's the thing where you're like, do I know the thing because of the word or the word okay. because of the thing? Mm. And so you're constantly in this kind of t- tumultuous sort yeah. of cycle of yeah. like chicken or the egg. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, you, do you quite enjoy titling then? Um, does titling come before? I hate it actually. Oh, no. I really hate it because often um, I haven't finished the work until the very last minute, and I'm I'm, I'm like asked 
for titles mm. and so, sometimes there's there's a title that just fits when I'm in the studio but yeah, yeah I, I, I tend to kind of save the um, all the kind of verbal stuff till that very last minute yeah mm. yeah yeah that would make sense mm. um, and and the work the work for both um, Leitchi and Zabuzovic the, the work was kind of a bit was well, it was kind of different wasn't it that the work that was split between between both sites was that um was that something that you kind of decided be- beforehand, or something just happened quite naturally because of the because of the spaces themselves? Yeah, it's it it happened it happened quite naturally because I had I had ideas for all this stuff that I probably would be making now if I didn't have the the Zabludovich deadline. Yeah. So they 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 came to me quite late late on in in the day, but it was still enough time. Mm. And I wanted to make this stuff anyway, so it just forced me to make it, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably just be making it now if if they hadn't have asked anyway. So it's it was it was this like very natural progression. So the stuff in Zabludovich is like the latest work I've done. It's still it was still wet when um yeah I had this like insane um kind of driver van driver taking the work there and he didn't <laughs> speak any English, but. I was like, oh, it's quite fragile, I'm sorry, but helped him lift it in and he just threw it in the back. <laughs> I was like, it's ceramic. <laughs> it was all right, got there in one piece, I think. But yeah, it was all wet. You know, paint was still wet. A lot of the, the you know, the ceramic was still hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when I'm not sure when this when this podcast will go out. Hopefully before the show finishes. When does it When does it finish? Twenty third of February. Okay, yeah, it might be good. Hopefully right, it will be wicked. good. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. yeah, get down there. Get down there if you can. Please do. Or get down to the, yeah, get down them. Get down I'll to make them. you a cup of tea. <laughs> um, yeah. So that brings us nicely. Um, yeah. Just coming up towards. Towards the, midnight, yeah. Towards <laughs> towards the towards the closing stages, yeah. Um, and as you may or may not know, um, I like to ask everyone the same two questions mm. at, at the end at the end of the podcast. So oh, the first shit, question being, <laughs> bollocks. The first question is: if you could visit um, any artist or anyone mm. in this in their studio, um, mm. could be living or dead, mm. who might you like to visit? And what would you like to ask them? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. it's, it's, such, it's such a horrible question. <laughs> um, oh, God, that's... All right, you're going to have to cut a lot of this, like, yeah, no, think what, time out. That's <laughs> let's, let's, go through, Let think. let's go through names that are coming up. Um, or is, is it just... An like, artist who I'd like to actually... I, I'd really like to... Um, I'd really, really like to um, go to uh, Aphex Twin Studio. That's what I'd like. That's cool. I'd really like to go in, and I don't mean to just say that just for it to be cool, but I do love to. That's another like. I should obviously say like I'd like to see Picasso's studio <laughs> or something like that, but I, no, I really would love to go into a musician like that that does sort of like amazing loop music and all this stuff. Yeah. I would love to kind of go in and. And just see how, because it's also it's like an amazing creative process that I like really love, but um, don't have a clue how it works. Mm. Um, whereas you know, we all know sort of as painters like how a painting is kind of 
um, how a canvas is stretched and blah blah. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, like I'd love to go and see uh, lots of. <laughs> there are hundreds and thousands of painted studios, but that's the thing; it's too many. <laughs> that I like to do. Um, yeah, so that's a good answer. That I think Avexin for me is he's one of well one of a few artists that come to mind that summons that when I listen to his music mm. it it really summons things from mm. deep within the golden snake <laughs> it really yeah it really the really golden snake moves rises. me in. yeah it's and I'm, true. I'm sure I'm not alone in that it's, it's, it's yeah it's, it's incredible isn't it I mean it also is. I know nothing about how it would be done no. so it's this thing and I know it's all sort of um uh, digital all this stuff but mm. you know it's like do you record these amazing sounds and then like and then put it into this kind of mm. processor that feeds back out into this mm. loop and I'd be really intrigued to see because a lot of the um a lot of kind of um music like that and Andy Stott all that's all these like actress all these um guys that sort of make really like it, they kind of um they 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 sort of um, send images into my brain in a way mm. through through the music. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to like kind of pick their brains. Yeah, apart. That'd be amazing. Do you yeah. listen? Do you listen to a lot of music whilst you're, whilst you're making? It's a mixture, really. I mean, I do the it's, um, the cliche sort of podcast stuff. Yeah. I, li I listen to a lot of podcasts, but yeah, sometimes you just got to switch off and yeah. but switch on in another way. Yeah. And that's that. That is where that is one massive way that I do mm. is listen to those that sort of music. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, great. Um, and the last question, being, yeah. Um, has there been um, like some advice that anyone's given you, or um, yeah, anything that's kind of stuck with you that's kind of helped you through, helped you through, like, mm. or just kind of mm. carry through in your practice in one way or another, or something you remember? Um, I remember Mahatma Gandhi telling me once. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't have any advice. I mean, definitely, yeah, probably. I mean, I remember saying to, I remember my, I, just my dad actually. I remember mm. saying to, I was really young. I must have been about like eight, eight or nine or something. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember thinking, oh, I'd really like to be. I'd really like to, to be a painter. I'd like to do what you do, mm. and I remember it was it was a particular struggle for my parents, when, especially when we were younger, because it's it is just hard <laughs> um, doing art. <laughs> and I remember saying, "Oh, what um, like oh, I'd like to be a painter, but I don't know know if I can be." And he was like, "Well, if you want something badly enough." it will just inevitably happen. Mm -hmm. And that was probably something I've always, yeah. it's always sort of resonated, probably. Mm. Especially when the, when, yeah, you're, you know, living off um, tin tuna. <laughs> and blokes like, are chucking your drum into it. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and into the canal. <laughs> That's me. Um, is there then, anything that you'd like to plug or anything or anybody or you know anything you want to put people onto um there is uh it's good this is great actually i this i like this that's a good uh, that's a nice thing um no nothing nothing i want to plug like 
uh, about or for or about mm. myself, but um, I think everyone should, every single person in the world, <laughs> <laughs> everyone should get themselves down to see uh, some uh, shows, friends' shows are fast approaching. Gabriel's show. Gabriel uh, Hartley, he's a 17. 17, yeah. Uh, uh, f- who else is over? This is in London, by the way, so yeah. this is... Um, what else? Uh, who else do I know? No, that's the only... That, 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 I suppose that's the only thing. I'd, I'd plug everyone I could if I knew there was something coming up. I suppose that's yeah. what you mean, is it? Or just any, you know, if, if, if there's a, a cafe that, you, that you're fond of. Oh, really? Or, any, any, oh, it doesn't anything. have to be... Oh, okay. Anything. It doesn't have to be art-related. Oh, right. To, you know, okay, fine. Anything to help help. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, this will be one of those things where I'll go to bed and be like, fuck, there are all <laughs> these things now. Well, if, if you do... I can put it in. All right. Put it in the intro. Okay. All right. Um, do that then, because I can't actually. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's fine. All That's right. fine. I'll do yeah. that. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. I, I think that's that's probably. That's well, that. that's it. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do a little um, text message voice recording and say, "Dear David." <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much, Lawrence. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. It's lovely. Thanks for inviting me on. Nice one. Cheers, dude. Well, thank you very much for listening. Please find more information about what was discussed in the podcast in the notes section. And if you like what you heard and would like to keep up to date with new episodes, um, then please subscribe or follow us depending on which listening platform you use. And head over to our Instagram page, at to the studio, which we regularly update with posts about each guest we have and all other goings on as well. To the studio is produced by the audio wizard and all-round great guy that is Theo Bird. And I would thoroughly recommend getting in touch with him for all your audio needs. On Instagram, he is bird person bird is spelt b-y-r-d person also if you can spare a moment to leave us a lovely review that would help us out a lot and it allows us to reach a few more ears than we are currently and lastly if you've got any suggestions or opinions you wish to share with us then please feel free to do so on any of our social media platforms or send us over an email our details are again in um, the notes section of each episode of the podcast well thanks very much again for listening and we'll see you next time